Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's go. FT Live on a Wednesday. Super weird day in terms of the MLB schedule. I don't hate it, though. We're absolutely dominating daytime bets. And we start off with AJ Przinsky from Studio AJ. And if you're watching on YouTube right now, is that, a, is that a cricket sound? Where is it? He's on an airplane. Oh, no. Yeah, he's delayed. So apparently he's <laughs> going to come in out of the bullpen today, about an hour in, something like that. I mean, the way he pitched the other day, why not? Let's bring him in. <laughs> got that nasty yeah. two-seam. He's only got one pitch. Yeah. That's what, hey, if you got one pitch, you go to the bullpen. That's it. That one that two-seamer, that just kind of got away, a little cut piece. So. <laughs> we'll, we'll go over that poll and all that, too, yes, later. Yes, we will. That'd be we'll, exciting. We'll run through that. Kratzy, I like your shirt today. Oh, yeah. Gift. I won't go like this. Hashtag <laughs> <laughs> You can find the good ones, man. I love Who it. gave that to you? Uh, it was a Father's Day gift from the... Actually, you know what? No, 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 no. I think my sister gave it to me for Christmas. All right. It was, it was definitely meaningful. They always like finding the T-shirts that degrade me because I'm such a confident person. You actually should be confident. I, I loved what you've been doing... Uh... On TikTok, you're basically a viral superstar. I heard there's like a reaction video going up to your TikTok too at some point. So looking forward to that. By the way, today, Ryan Yarborough of the Kansas City Royals. Mm-hmm. I actually have a lot to ask him about, including Pasquatch. I'm hooked on the Pasquatch story, so I'm glad we're getting a KC guy. Stephanie Epstein from Sports Illustrated does a great job, covers the game unfiltered, which we like. And why don't you tell us who our third guest is today, Kratzy? Oh, I think Kratzy I mean, lined uh, it up, right? I want to, I want to line. I mean, I want to introduce him. I got a whole line of, I mean, this guy has done everything in the game of baseball. Old Buster Posey is like legendary status, and I don't think very many people know about Buster. And I hope we are able to just crack the first layer of that onion because this dude is a guy, an absolute dude. I think people know about him, especially in San Francisco. You're saying they no, don't know like the, they the don't personality, know the inner workings. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. What can you can you give me a a 20 second or less scouting report on Buster Posey's personality? Because I agree. I mean, the guy accomplished everything in five minutes, right? Rookie of the year, MVP, World Series, big contract. Buster as a person, I know he's a leader too. People say future manager, but like, is he spicy? Is he going to fit the the mo of the show? Like, will he get after it a little bit with his thoughts? I don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't think he will in his first uh, media soiree since he's, <laughs> since he quit. Actually, no, he retired. He, he quit? quit. <laughs> he didn't quit. <laughs> he retired. He retired. <laughs> but he is like, he's very honest and he is very, I think he's really funny. He's got incredibly dry humor. And I guess, you know, you would expect dry humor from a guy who's just like, Oh yeah, I'll just hit 300 my entire career and have a Hall of Fame career. This is really just easy in life. And he's incredible, incredible father, husband, just he's it. Like he is he shouldn't be a manager. He should run the league. He should be the commissioner. 
There you go. That's the money line <laughs> right the, there. I like the that. that. I like that. That's great. We'll take that. We'll ask him too. We'll ask him at some point. It's, it's going to be one of my, you know, I've got a few go-to questions. One of them is when someone signs for big money, I want to know what mm. you're doing with it. Of course. And then uh, one of my other ones I do want to start putting in the rotation, you're commissioner for a day. What are you doing? Ooh. And it, all across the board. It doesn't have to be a rule. It could be a business decision. Mm. You could say, I want to get rid of a team or move them, whatever mm. you want. So well, we'll, we'll see what Buster Posey has to say about that. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. By the way, because we're, we're real and we're live every day, I just want to check with our amazing crew behind the scenes with, with Fresh. Yeah. Where's the money shot? Are we here? We're here. Yeah. Right there, there we go. That, camera number this number is us. two. Maybe. My mom the other day texted me. She's like, sometimes you're looking at the wrong camera. And that's <laughs> a side <laughs> angle of you. That's and I was what like, moms oh, are for. Thanks, then, mom. And then did you say to your mom, you're like, Ma, meatloaf. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Basically. <laughs> hey, let's get right into it. We've got a lot of headlines from uh, a crazy Tuesday night in baseball. And let's start with, we're not biased here to Milwaukee, but they're putting on a show. Let's start with the Brew Crew taking down Scherzer in the Mets. Mm-hmm. Max led up back-to-back-to-back homers. Five and a third, eight hits, five runs, two walks, two strikeouts after that third one in a row. Buck quickly went out to grab him. And shout out to one of the regulars on our show, Ratty Telez, hitting his first dinger of the year off Max. I can't wait to have him on again next time, uh, Krat team, be like, hey, congrats, man, your first homer of the year against Max. But then you see like your next two teammates do it and you feel like, eh, kind of belittled what yeah. I just pulled off here. Exactly. 100%. <laughs> Got to call him out for sure. And I don't know if that cheese head, they had to get a different size for him. They got a different... Uh, sombrero for team mexico they might need to get a different cheese head for him too <laughs> and i need one of those i need yeah. one of those like kratz hats i'll do a whole show with a cheese head on if the boys the boys take care of you, you can get them at the airport when you land in wisconsin go grab one also i love every year the home run celebrations are getting better I love that. they're getting more intricate so i'm all about it and we'll have to do a breakdown of the top five or something like that at some point let's show the bob nightingale tweet too while we're on this about what the uh, Bruker have been able to pull off. And again, it's baseball, so let's make sure we put this all in perspective. But Brewers with a payroll $200 million less than the New York Mets have outscored the Mets 19-0 in the first two games of their series. Bob from USA Today. So it's two games, though. This isn't like if you said that in football or something, it's different. It's two games out of 162. The one thing I take out of it more than anything, uh, it's, there are two things. First off, and we talked about this yesterday with Carlos Colazzo from Baseball America, mm-hmm. Brewers had some prospect issues for a little bit. Their farm system was down. It's back up a little. You've seen the young guys get going. That's big for them. And that's actually something the Mets have had some problems with, not in quality. They'll get like, a, you know, Francisco Alvarez, big catching prospect, going to be good with them. Brett Beatty should be really good for them. Yeah. Matt Allen. There's like three, four <clears> guys, but then it's thin because they've traded a lot of their dudes because they're contending whether it's trading or not letting them play. Like, you bring these guys up and, you know, they do okay. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, we don't want to bring them back up. Is it money? You know, is that the business part of it? But these teams are bringing these young guys up and they're letting them play. Let Brett Beatty get up there. He got injured yesterday. 
Now, all of a sudden, like, well, your top prospect hurt his thumb, the one that he hurt a year ago. So it's like, let, let him play. Get him out there, you know. Um, that's the only problem I have with it. If a guy is ready to go, get him up there, let him play, let him get his ups and downs, and that's what you're seeing with the Brewers, and you're seeing they're taking off with it. I mean, 19 runs is a lot. I mean, is it something we got to worry about? Yes and no. I mean, as, a, as the Mets, they're still 3-3. Three and three. It's only six games. So let's just chill out just a little bit. Definitely chill out, but you're right, Todd. Like, you make your bed. As an organization, you make the bed you want to sleep in. And if you're the Mets and you go out and get every free agent possible, guy like Brett Beatty's gonna he's going to struggle getting an opportunity. And that's why sometimes you see a guy like Andres Jimenez, like, go to Cleveland and kill it. Be, you know, get MVP votes, get, you know, that kind of thing. And if there's not a place for you in the organization, to me, the organization needs to make those moves and not squander and like hold guys back because that can be as detrimental as calling a guy up too soon. Like you think about the Brewers, they'll just, they'll do, you know, they just go ahead and let the guys come up to the big leagues. And I think there's less pressure, but it's also like we were, if we had, if we were on this show last July when they traded Hater, like, they got some prospects for Hater, and you're going to see some of those dudes come up, so you're going to have to rely on the prospects when you're not going to pay your closer, the best closer in the game, $15 million a year. Yeah, and then you take an example like the Yankees. You got Volpe. He didn't make – played what? A handful of games in AAA, you know, got 50 at-bats. Well, here you are. Let's go, and he's probably going to be the leadoff guy here sooner than we know it. No, so let him play. Let him no, play. I agree. I'm nine. always a – He'll hit ninth? Excuse the me? The whole season. No, 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 stop it. I can't tell if you're being serious or not. I'm being serious. He's going to bat ninth the whole season, Volpe. I mean, he might hit seventh. He won't hit eighth. The worst hitter hits eighth. I get mm. it. Hey, listen, Volpe, they got, they got DJ LeMahieu. DJ LeMahieu is going to drive him around all day long. What if he gets hurt or something? LeMahieu? I'm okay. saying you, you don't see any case where Volpe either becomes, you know, an instant hit star or – and showing off the legs or and getting on base consistently, or a guy gets hurt towards the top of the lineup, like he might sneak in there towards the top. No? As a I mean, will he play? Yeah, he'll get some at bats in the top of the lineup, but I think yeah. their best lineup is with him in the nine slot. Okay. I, I would disagree right now. I would disagree. Who would if I'm Aaron Judge, who do I want on first base? You know, when I hit a ball in the gap, would I rather have Volpe running around the bases or DJ right now? Aaron Judge is going to have like 25 doubles on the year, and he's going to have 50 <laughs> pumps. He's not worried about who's running. He just wants guys on the base. You and want, now you, you're getting you want, those singles, too. There's holes, man. You want that guy around at second. You want, DJ, you want DJ, who's going to hit 15, to take those heaters, you know, the old, the old backside not look, double down the right field line. <laughs> DJ's, I, know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> like, as much as you were out front of balls, DJ's – hitting those balls deep back here yeah and <laughs> and i think it's i think it's huge i yeah. think it adds so much life especially when you have the catchers at the bottom of that lineup for the yankees of course who are gonna hit the dingers and it's like they're not getting on base a ton so it's not like it neither one of them are on base machines you know they're gonna hit their 10 homers mm -hmm. each and so they'll be out of the way for for volpe to do his thing and i think it I think it makes that lineup so so long. It stretches that lineup. Yeah, I mean, and no knock to LeMahieu at all. Like, I, I think he's an exceptional hitter. 
I just want I want speed at the top of the lineup. That's that's my only thing about it. And that's it. And if DJ's batting first, they're still a good lineup, like you said. Like yeah. no knock no knock to that lineup. That's all. Yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. So my other part from this game and, and just in general, one of the themes from last night, how quick is too quick? Never. Never too quick. <laughs> right. I love it. I so love it. So is the pitch clock getting to some of the veterans? Uh, I'll give you a few numbers to slice up. So on the Mets front, did you see Carlos Carrasco two days ago? Freddie Peralta is working fast, and he's just mowing everyone down, and, and he's getting off the bump. Carrasco, at one point, threw 67 pitches in a 42-minute span. Oh that God. is a lot. <clears throat> and his velocity was down. And people were like, oh, is it down because of the pitch clock? It's not even a question. Of course it was down because of the pitch clock. I mean, it's the opposite of for years when I'm calling a game and a reliever comes in, he takes a minute per pitch because he's getting 30 breaths in so that he can reload and throw 98 and not know where it's going. I'm giving him a hard time. But still, you know what I'm saying. And other, other themes. Alcantara shuts out the Twins last night. Uh, three hits, one walk, five Ks. That game, an hour, 57 minutes. Mm. And then here's an inning for you. Framber Valdez, sub two-minute inning yesterday at one point for the Houston Astros. So I think that the number in baseball is going to go to about, I think it's at the 240 range. I think it'll be, I don't think it'll go under two and a half. I think we're in like the two, but I do think it'll still go down a bit, but I'm going like 235-ish mm-hmm. for your average game. I like it. Average basketball game is what? A little over two, 215 yeah. maybe, two, 220? College game, yeah. Right, College right, is like two same, and change. Thing, yeah. NBA is kind of two and change. Two and Football's is, different because they don't play perfect, that often. Man. You drive, two and a half. You drive the hour to get there wherever you're from. For me, you know, I'm driving an hour, hour and 15 to get to games, either yeah. Philly or New York. I want to be there for at least two hours, two and a half hours. I think that's phenomenal. I is, think. It too, is it too quick, though, if it we get some of these Alcantara <laughs> versus, give me like Stroman, say, if those two face <laughs> off, that game could be a, a buck 48. And if you were late and then you went to go get a burger, you might have caught 20 minutes of baseball. Well, here's my example to the fans. I'm going to give you a couple of things that they need to work on. Two things. Okay. All right. If I'm a fan going to a game, you're going to tailgate, get there two hours for the game. Also, stuff your face. Like, eat. Eat as much as you can because those lines are like 30 minutes long. You might miss two innings. And go to the bathroom, dude. Go to the bathroom before the game. I know, you know, maybe tone down on the drinks, but also – um, get in the game on time. Like, listen, you get you, usually people are still walking in in the first inning. You're missing the first swings. Get there. Game's at one. Go at twelve thirty. Start walking and get in there, bro. You're gonna miss this game. So we want more fans in the stands. I think it's better off. But you know, it is. There's gonna be your naysayers, Eric. I, I don't know, man. Hour and fifty-seven minutes. If I'm driving an hour or two to the game, I'm like, oh, what just happened? But we'll see. <laughs> I think I think you're selling, you know, I ultimately yes, it's going to be much better for the game. Nobody's nobody's denying that. It's a much better product. But I want to know what the like I think the word is ancillary, the ancillary like monies that the teams are going to lose like if people aren't going to stand in line for food or what about, you know, a lot of these new stadiums and the ones that are being proposed to be built, they're not just building a stadium. They're building like they're building like a whole community around it. And so if there's less time in the ballpark, are those areas going to thrive more? Mm-hmm. Are, you know, what are the things that are going to, are going to be affected? It's not just, Oh, quicker game. Great. Now I have 23 extra minutes to do something like, 
Eh. Those those vendors that walk up and down the, st the stadium, hustle. They, they better be right. Listen, the tip money is just going to keep going like that, dude. <laughs> when you get out of beer, you bet. Hey, we need this, okay? <laughs> go get you, go get you some more beer. Get you that Cracker Jacks, cotton candy. Those guys are going to get the workouts. Get more of them in every row. They should have one in every row going up and down. Hey, we got cotton candy this time. We got chicken fingies and fries. We got mozzarella <laughs> sticks. Like, you know what I'm saying? You know like, what? You know what I want to know? We, we got to ask Yarbrough about this when he comes on. <laughs> like, you're talking about dudes, like, getting a running in. I want to know if pitchers are going to have to start running because there's, you know, the Twitter, the Twitter muscles, all the guys who are like, oh, you don't need to run the ball to the home plate. Well, you're starting to get exhausted. Your velo is not quite there, and you're getting tattooed. Mm. So I wonder mm. if that's going to start, start working its way in. You know, hey, go run three poles. I, don't, I hate running poles. Yeah. That's the question. Are, are some of the either older pitchers or pitchers that are heavily relying on velocity and don't have as much stamina going to suffer from this if they happen to be in a situation where the game's moving so fast? Like, you know, Freddie Peralta keeps getting one, two, three innings and your up down is like two minutes. You go yeah. sit down. By the time you, you look up, like Fran Bravalda says a two minute inning, you're back on the mound. It's, it's fast. It's, it's honestly crazy to think that. <laughs> For pitchers wise, because pitchers always complain, and I always used to give them a hard time. Man, I don't have enough time now. Man, come on, you're a pick. Get on the mound and throw the ball. In my little league game the other day, we get an hour and 45 minutes tops. You get six innings in. I told the other coach, I said, let's make a rule two pitches in between, no throwdowns at second base. It worked to a T. It was great. I know the kids are younger, they're not throwing as hard, but. Right, you're pitching. Come on, dude. Dude, all that workout in the offseason stamina. Get on the mound, man. Don't make any excuses. You got to get your routine down. Here's my one other call because I love phrases and I, I can like visualize it, like maybe overtaking <laughs> Kratzy's TikTok um, in terms of views. Like, hey, fans, tips for you on how to enjoy the modern major league game. <laughs> yeah. Get to the damn ballpark early. Yes. You know, get to the bathroom, whatever. I'm, so I'm here's my one thing I'll add to it on the league side make the food more accessible. I should not be waiting in a line yeah. ever for more mm. than, what, five to ten minutes? Yes. I've been to some places where I'm sitting, uh, and it's not even just playoffs, like a regular season game, and you're going to get you know, Shake Shack or something, and you're on the line for 45 minutes. Yeah. Either add another Shake Shack, or we got to get all the big powers that be together, Uber Eats and Seamless and all yes. these spots that know, and I hit a button on my app and on someone's your bringing I was it say so that. I don't miss shit. On your app. You want to know a funny story? Mm. You're going to get a kick out of this, Eric. You're going to love this because I could see you doing this. I had a buddy at Rutgers football games. You know, Rutgers football back in the day, we were struggling. Is he, for some reason, I can't. He, he wore an adult diaper uh, Come on. at the game, so he didn't have to go pee at the game. And I tell you what, man, I listen, you just take the thing off and he threw it. So he was literally watching it. Touchdown. He's like, just so you know, I'm peeing right now. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> listen, it was phenomenal. He'd go home, shower. And go back out and hit the road after a big win. I thought I thought it was phenomenal. It, it has been done. Whether it's yes, people at games. Here's a big one too, because uh, I, I I do not partake, but yeah. I, I know I don't even know people that do this, but I know that it is done at every music concert and festival <laughs> for the floor. Listen. You know how like people want to get to the front rail, yeah. And then sometimes they got to be there for oh, like yeah, six no. hours. They're holding they're on the rail, going to the bathroom. You think you think they're never going to the bathroom? No, listen. Diapers, I'm not going to call the guy out. Diapers. He was one of our better pitchers on the team. Steve Healing. <clears throat> Love you, Steve. Love you, brother. Hey, he, lives, he lives right down the street here, so we can get him on the show. If we need. 
Yeah, it was, it was an exclusive interview. Listen, it was, it was, I'm like, dude, you're nuts, man. And he didn't move from his chair. It was phenomenal. I was like, all right, whatever. Hey, teach its own. I didn't think this was how the first 10 minutes of the Sorry. show were going to go, but hey. I don't hate the direction right now. Adult diapers. Adult <laughs> diapers. Listen, I saw it? that on the rundown. <laughs> <laughs> hey, a few other things from either last night or today. Um, let's do Dylan Dodd, first of all, led the Braves to a dub. No walks, uh, three strikeouts, six hits, five innings. The Braves just keep pumping out pitching huh. prospects. Kratzy, it's amazing. We had Carlos Colazzo on, and AJ and me at that point were the only ones on, and we're trying to decide on what to do with that game, and I did lose on that game. It wasn't a lock. We were just going yeah, off gotcha. him saying he's like Carlos, this command yeah, control guy. Yeah, and, and he was right on the command control. The guy didn't walk anyone in his freaking big league debut. Um, so so we, we were just talking through it, and we, we decided to go against him, and that was a mistake. Um, but props to him, and Atlanta's got depth. They might be the deepest organization at this point in the league, and that stands out because the Dodgers had that going for years, and they're still a deep organization. That's one of the keys, Kratzy, that people don't realize is there's some teams that are top-heavy, and if your stars are all on the field at one point, like the Phillies had this for years, Kratzy, you know, being down there, where like they had stars, but if anyone goes down, they're screwed. Like next man up is it's such a vast difference. It's it's a huge difference, especially the Braves. The Braves, they, like, yeah, they have all the position play. They just have everybody. I mean, if there's a deep farm system, and Carlos hit on it, he hit on it yesterday a little bit when I was listening to you guys, just about how. There's not really a drop-off from 10 to 15 like there is in other organizations. And when they can bring guys up like this that – and I would have told you guys, I should have texted you, but I was driving, and that's illegal in Pennsylvania, so I don't text and drive. But <laughs> you can never – especially when you're going up against a veteran lineup. Veteran lineups lean on the fact that they can – they can like – read scouting reports and stuff. You just don't have all the information. So if you want to double down, I don't even, you know, I, I would say this, this would be an opportunity to double down when you're facing a guy that's a command pitcher against a veteran lineup, he's able to throw the ball where Darno or Murphy, whoever's back there catching wants to call it. And that's how you get an older veteran experienced lineup. And, you know, the organization's, it's unbelievable with the Braves. It's not just been in the last five years. It's been – I mean, when when have they not been able to produce pitching prospects back even to like the Smoltz and Glavin era? No, you're right. And it's not even just the legends too, the Hall of Famers. Like there's other guys that come out that are not highly touted that still turn into like really solid at least mid-rotation starters. Brandon Beachy. Yes. Um, I mean, like that dude. I mean, Strider. Strider wasn't like the next big thing in the minor leagues. Like he was looked at, I, I, as far as I know, as a good prospect. Not like this is going to be a number one, which a reliever stuff wise he is. Right. And questions about him being a reliever. All of a sudden, boom! He's the best rookie pitcher in the game last year, and he signs a big ass deal too. So and, you're right. Yeah. They're doing and, and Carlos and Carlos hit on it a little bit. He's like, there's there's another guy that's you know. He, he said, the one thing I disagreed with, he's like, oh, well, you know, when the Braves take somebody this early, they're really good. The Braves are taking guys, pitchers in the first round. They're taking them in the fifth round. They're, you know, they're pushing Ian Anderson back to AAA. Like, they have a whole gamut. And to me, yes, they have a, a great pitching, you know, system. A, you know, you have to be able to throw the fastball down in a way, you know, rules for their pitchers to be able to get called to the big leagues. But it shows – how they're able to tailor what they know works 
to each pitcher so that they can have success when they come to the big leagues and help the big league team. Agreed. Stephanie Epstein, uh, Sports Illustrated writer, joins us right now. Excited to get into things with her as well. Stephanie, great to talk to you. Great to see you. Actually, I think last time, well, maybe at a game or two, actually, but Stephanie and I at one point ran into each other at the airport, and I think we weren't even, maybe we were covering some, it probably was playoffs, I don't even remember, I, I did 100 flights last year, but um, how you doing? I hope you're, what's your over-under, you think, this year on flights, by the way, Stephanie? That's a good question. I I don't, yeah, definitely, I mean, more than 50, but I don't know yeah. exactly. <laughs> it's uh. I know I'm diamond status on Delta, which I nice. definitely take advantage Whoa. of. Uh, yep. What yeah. a flex. Just, what a flex. Yeah, I just Earned wanted it. to walk in and let you guys know who you're dealing with. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, all right. Let, let's start with, I mean, you got a lot of articles to sift through here for us to, to break down, but let's go with pitch clock and, and explaining, say, one of the recent articles you put out there, the, the one rules debate players and MLB officials can't agree on, and specifically... I, I want to start with this. I'm having a terminology issue right now. I talked to, we have three guests on a day, a player or two, a writer or two. I talk to many people around the game. I watch games on the regionals and I hear one word, pitch clock. And then I'll watch like MLB Network and all they say is pitch timer. Am I, am I off here? Is the league pushing something different on, on their commercial stuff versus everyone else? Yeah, so that's what I wrote, that this is, I, and I told players before I asked them questions, like, this is the dumbest story of the spring, so please humor me, but <laughs> they, yeah, the league is trying to make pitch timer happen, and as they said in Mean Girls, it's not happening, uh, it's not going to happen, <laughs> they, they just, no one, no one in the sport calls it that, including the commissioner, Rob Manfred, um, I asked him, actually, at the WBC what he calls it, and he was like, I know I'm supposed to call it pitch timer, but I feel like it's a clock, uh, I think, I mean, the league is good, was, was good natured about it when I asked them my hard heading questions about why they settled on pitch timer. I think, honestly, the, the truest answer is they, you know, they say it's a, it, it's more complicated than a simple clock because it's got different numbers counting down. It's, you know, it's not always the same number like the shot clock. But I think the honest answer is that it's kind of romantic to say there's no clock in baseball and they wanted to be able to maintain that idea. So, they brought in a timer in baseball instead. Uh, I do think, like, give it <laughs> yeah. a year and they will stop trying to call it a pitch timer because no one is doing it. I don't understand that. You're right, you're right. Stop trying to make fetch a thing, Gretchen. I just don't get. <laughs> there we go. I don't exactly. get the point there. If, if everyone else is saying it, and it's not like it's inaccurate. It's not like it's offending anyone. I just don't. To me, it's like helicopter parent. Just let it live. <laughs> it's a pitch clock. We call a shot clock. We have a game clock. And play it, clock. I, I'm yeah. a play clock, right? A play clock. I'm glad they were good natured about it, but I, I just don't understand. Like, is is there? You said like there's intricacies to it, but why why you're pushing a word? Like, let people say whatever they want. I know, and they are really pushing it to their employees. Like MLB.com reporters got an email in March reminding them that if they don't call it a pitch timer, it will be changed to pitch timer. So they're uh, they're definitely, I guess. They can't get their most prominent employee, Rob Manfred, to do it. So they're uh, they're making sure everybody else falls in line. That sounds like a memo from Rob needs to be sent out and just say, hey, let's drop that. It's not working, yeah, okay? Because the one other one I thought about was, you know, we usually say, like, that's the best exit below in the StatCast era, right? And mm -hmm. I remember when I, when I was at MLB, they were like, oh, we don't we don't want to call it that. I'm like, why? It's, it's the time period that StatCast has existed. So we said – something else and it made no sense and it took two minutes to say that and so eventually i think 
we just switched to stat, stat cast error. So I'm like, I'm the well, broadcaster. What, Let me be the broadcaster. I'm not offending anyone. <laughs> that's what uh, Sean Doolittle said when I asked him, like, which he preferred. He was like, I mean, if we're trying to speed the game up, timer's two syllables. Clock is one. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's a good point. Amen. That's I very like that. true. Steph, how are you? Everything going well for you? I'm doing great, thanks. How are you? Good, good. Um, contact or contract and captaincy in hand, Aaron Judge. Let's talk about him a little bit. You don't think he's going to slow down. I don't think he's going to slow down. And now with the, uh, a little resurgence of a little Anthony Volpe, mm -hmm. a young guy coming in, um, what do you see from the Yankees this year? And talking about Judge, um, what do you expect him home run-wise? I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. I think he's going to top 50. I don't know if he's going to get to 60, but I think he thinks he's going to get to 60. I was uh, sort of joking with him the other day. He all since since last year, people trying to get, keep trying to give him like a gentle out where they're like, well, you know, you obviously can't replicate last year, but what do you expect for this year? And he doesn't usually let them get to the end of the question because he's like, we'll see or maybe not so fast. I think he really thinks that he is going to do this again. And one thing that I have learned from being around Aaron Judge is if he thinks he's going to do it, I would not bet against him. He has. He has obviously the physical talent, but he also seems to really have the mentality to be able to handle something like this. And not for nothing, he didn't hit his last his first home run of last year until the sixth game of the season. So he's already ahead. So this is breaking news. You have Aaron Judge all ahead of pace of Aaron Judge from last year? <laughs> exactly. You heard it here first. Wow. <laughs> Stephanie, you are breaking you are breaking news. What I want to talk about is my boy Cronin. Crony, the Crone Zone, like his contract, we kind of debated it a little bit yesterday here on the show. Mm -hmm. Is is the sentiment out there in San Diego that maybe this was a reach by the pots or that this was definitely need to be done? I think fans in San Diego are loving it. I don't think anybody is doing the the actuarial tables. I think they're just like, great, win Soto. Uh, they they're having so much fun out there. The players are just sort of laughing every time they get another alert on their phones that somebody else has signed or somebody's got an extension. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's what you want, right? It's what fans say they want owners to do is go all in. And obviously Peter Seidler thinks that this is a really good team and he'd like to continue running it out there for a few more years. And so he's gonna, and we'll see whether it works, but it's, it's certainly fun to watch. How do you yeah. think the, the Cronenworth one came about? Because that one's different for me. Like, yeah, you, you have your blockbuster deals like a Soto last year. You're making sure Machado's not going to hit free agency. Cronenworth's more of like your, hey, we have time here. You're not going to be a free agent for a minute still. Most of, the, most of these are either extensions when a guy's getting really close to free agency. So this one we were saying was just more unique because he's touching 30 already, and now he's signed until his upper 30s. Yeah, this was an unusual one. It, it reminds me a little bit more of the Atlanta deals, I think, in that sort of if you do it before you have to do it, maybe you feel like you get a little bit of a of a discount. Um, I agree. I did not have sort of on my Padres bingo card for this year that they were going to extend Cronenworth, at least not to a deal of this length. But it, it seems like it's it's going okay for Atlanta. Uh, so if you just want to – maybe you want to do the same thing, just spend a little more money. We'll see. Hey, talking about spending a little more money, uh, I'm going back to the Yankees again. Yankees Wi-Fi. I mean, I, I remember when I did play there in 17, it was, it was a problem. People are always asking, what are we going to do about it? And now team, the, the boys spend, what, 40 grand just to get some Wi-Fi here? Talk to me about that. 
<laughs> yeah, that. So that one I uh, explained to people as I was reporting. It was the second dumbest story of the spring. Uh, <laughs> after the pitch clock pitch timer, it. Yeah, a player last year uh, mentioned in an interview during the playoffs they were sort of a muted celebration after they beat the Guardians, and then you know because they were onto the Astros. And I said something. It seems like you guys are really already onto the next round. And the player said, "Yeah, I think I'm going to buy the Wi-Fi tonight and start studying." And I was like. I'm sorry, you're going to what now? You play for the New York Yankees. Like, I have to buy the Wi-Fi. You don't have to buy the Wi-Fi. And he was like, no, we do. We have to buy the Wi-Fi. And so, obviously, I was delighted to hear this. Uh, and so I spent the whole spring asking everyone I encountered whether they had to pay for the Wi-Fi. And some of them thought it was such a stupid question that I might, I might be confused. Like, of course, you don't pay for the Wi-Fi. But anyone who has played with the Yankees knew that that was a very legitimate question because... The Yankees and the Reds are, uh, as I guess, as Todd would know, are the only the only teams that I could find that make uh, players pay for it. And it's it's obviously not a real problem in the world, but it because I think because it's it's really just the principle of it. I mean, a lot of guys brought up the the Zach Greinke guacamole story in Yahoo a few years ago that his favorite burrito place, which I'm guessing is Chipotle, had uh, increased the price by thirty cents, and so he refused to buy it. And I think a lot of them feel the same way that of course they can afford it, but come on, it's just, a, it's just insulting. And so a lot of them don't pay for it and they just, they either read or they nap or they play cards on the, on the plane. Cause they're not, they're not going to spend the money to, to scroll Instagram. Did they, did they go into like, do they have to like swipe their card? Like, do they pull the, the phone out of the headrest and swipe their card? Cause I play with the Yankees till, till 20, 20 and we didn't have to pay for the wi-fi then so it was a post-covid thing i i when it came out i had to ask some of my buddies that are on the team yeah so apparently it, it's about which plane they're on if they're on like a certain a certain plane they didn't have to pay and so i'm guessing that was the plane that they would fly before they flo flew more in the past now they often just fly sort of a regular delta jet and so they pay for wi-fi the same way that i pay for wi-fi which is they log on and like go, go Wi-Fi uh, asks you to put in your credit card information. And they do some of, you know, some of them have like a monthly account. Uh, but for a lot of them, they don't. Kyle Higashioka did the math and he realized it's cheaper for him to pay per flight. So he didn't do that. Uh, there was very good news for the Yankees this year, though, which is that Delta is now offering free Wi-Fi on most of its flights to Sky Miles members. So they were all pretty happy to hear that. But yeah, it's just you tap, you type in your credit card number. I mean, it's 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 just like baseball players; they're just like us. That is wild. That's the petty stuff, but that's also like what? I mean, first, it's called B two B sales. You go straight to the to the club and you say, "Hey, we're gonna do a team deal," and they just have a code, or it just it, it goes automatically. There there was somebody in marketing or something, someone that missed the boat yeah. there. To pull that off so I'm, I'm glad we covered it full length though <laughs> stephanie because we do appreciate the petty stuff and the fans like that stuff they want to know oh like, absolutely um yeah. all right so so let me let me get back to some some game action here so so two things that we're going to cover soon in our uh we call it that's what he said some quotes from players uh manny machado getting ejected from the game early yesterday first mm -hmm. a b um over the pitch clock Let's start there, the pitch clock, yes, uh, leading to Manny Machado getting booted. And it looked like, you know, I watched it back multiple times. There's no doubt why he was 
booted from the game. He called the ump a D-bag. Um, and you could see him clearly say that. And Ron Culpa clearly said, and we'll go over this more in our quote section later, um, to Bob Melvin, hey, that's what he said to me. It looked like he was motioning for timeout kind of right at the buzzer there at eight seconds. I watched a game later that night with Nicky Lopez doing the same thing. He was pissed about a strike call. So what he did was he steps out and he realizes, oh, sh- I can't be pissed for that long because I got to mm-hmm. step back in. So he called timeout. He used his timeout there and it was granted. Mm-hmm. And it looked like basically the same kind of case. So that stuff's going to come up. What did you take from it? Uh, I, well, first thing I took is I, I'm pretty sure Machado was the first out uh, on a pitch clock violation in spring training as well. So he uh, he's he's a big he's a big uh, baseball history guy, Manny Machado, uh, putting his name <laughs> in the record books. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. I think that it's a I, you can I, I don't really think anybody did anything wrong here. Like he, he I can understand why Machado, other than once you start insulting the umpire, but I can see why the umpire called it. I can see why Machado was annoyed at it, and that's that's kind of how this works. Like it, that would be, have been the case if it had been a borderline strike and he was mad about it. You know, it sometimes their discretion leads to something that's not totally fair. And unfortunately that those are the rules. Kind of a boring take. No, no, that's fine though. Those are the rules. That's, that's true. It's like, you got to know what to do. And maybe also if if you're trying to call your time out, do it a second or two earlier. You just got to yeah. be aware of it. Now you you got to get used to it. I would say El Garcia has gotten banged for the pitch clock at least two or three times already, too. I've, I've watched a couple Marlins games where they're like, now they're trying to, on the broadcast, like do some psychology game. They're like, how do we get this guy to remember that there's a pitch clock? I'm like, I think he'll pick up on it if he's got a strike called him every, <laughs> oh, and one at bat per game. So I, I think he'll be okay. One other for you, and we're going to get into this, too, is um, the situation in St. Louis. So... Tyler O'Neill was called out, and I'll explain it more after, but we wanted to get your take before you jump. Um, Ali Marmol called him out basically for not hustling, um, and he was out at home in a game last night. Acuna threw him out at home. Tyler said, like, I'm trying to – I'm hustling. I'm trying to play 160-plus, whatever. St. Louis is going nuts about it right now, and he got benched for today's game. Um, this happened in a similar way, I think, last year with Harrison Bader getting called out by Ali Marmol. So – just wanted to get your take on not only that particular situation, but when that comes up in general, because you're in the clubhouse often for those situations. And sometimes players would be like, I get it, but just come to me privately. So what's your take on how that usually goes down? I think, first of all, it's weird. It does seem like this happens in St. Louis a lot, right? It always seems like there's some, some sort of minor simmering feud between a member of the coaching staff and a player at some point over there. Uh, But I do, Look, it's great for us when they tell us about their complaints. Uh, I do think it's a strange decision on, you know, day six of the season for the manager to take aim at his player in the press. Uh, I, I think that usually suggests that there's a little bit more to it than that. I hope that they all keep doing it. I hope that they come to us with all of their concerns before they approach one another. We would love to help them litigate all of their issues. But I do think from a sort of team unity standpoint i don't know that april 4th is the day to start a public fight with one of the players that you you either need to play well or you need to look good so that you can trade him if you actually don't like him yeah it seems it seems early phrase to yeah. go after and i mean it was right like no. o'neill's got a case to be made about trying not to pull a hamstring which is the thing that he keeps doing that he keeps hurting himself that way it, yeah. it just it was an odd i i was surprised to see that news story I, 
I agree. I could sense the frustration. So Stephanie, awesome to have you on. We appreciate it. Um, let's keep preaching to the world because we can say whatever we want. Pitch clock. Every, uh, some of your uh, writer friends, I, I hope that they're, see, if I was a writer, I just would have been, <laughs> I would write pitch clock and be like, fine, editor, do it. Because one day I'll say, no, that's what I posted. I posted the right term. And my boss, boss, boss actually said it's fine. So I love that. Shit. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, Stephanie. Great to have you on. That's good advice by you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Stephanie Epstein, uh, Epstein from uh, Sports Illustrated. Um, does a great job there. Um, Epstein, I should say. Yeah, she does. I remember her giving me interviews when I played in New York, man. She's great. Jumps right in there. She's tiny. She slips right in there and give you the best question. She's not trying to get you. Um, no, she's super chill. Like chill. Gr great, which that, you know, mm -hmm. that resonates too. When you're in a clubhouse and you can have a comfortable conversation exactly. with someone, I, I don't want to um, be on a writer here, yeah. but like some writers are just kind of awkward or they come in, you know, this and every here I've got, cause we have 30 seconds then we're going to bring in AJ and do locks and then we'll go more, more through the uh, Machado and O'Neill stuff. Tell me if I'm wrong here. There's some writers that come in. They're from local news. They cover you for, for five seconds, and they're not really watching much baseball. And it's, no. this is the question. Ready? Because do, I'll deal with this every playoffs. How much pressure do you feel now uh, that you're down 1-0 in a best-of-seven series? It's the same fucking question. Yeah, so that's yeah. the ones where you're like, you know nothing about baseball. Other side is you've got a writer that's there um, frequently, maybe a national columnist that's just looking for juice, right? Just trying to get some shit out of you and be like, you know, that's in Queens. let me get a sound bite. Here. That's in the Queens, man. With, in the Mets, there's, oh man, there's a handful out there. When they come over, you just like, here we go. Yeah. And, and not to name a few, I'd like to, but uh, <laughs> it was, I know it you're was talking like ridiculous. About. I'd have to jump in, help some young guys out or really, uh, I, I told, I told Noah, I said, just go home, man. I, I basically told him, you know, I'll, I'll tell the guys what's on them, and they got all mad. I'm like, dude, come on. Give the guy, oh, well, we got to get our story, and well, guess what? We just played a game. We don't have to talk to you. Yeah. It's not in our contract to talk to you. And that, that, was, only, that was only there. It was, it was nutty. Because it's not like you guys – I mean, some guys don't say anything. But you'll say stuff if warranted, you yeah. know? But no, not, no doubt. Every I'm, day I'm, doesn't have to be headline We'll give news. you the story. Yeah. We'll give you the story. You know, we'll answer it. But sometimes the, 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 the questions become, like, unbearable. You're just like, oh, why – well, you're, you're, he asked that question, then he, then he said it another way in the same question, then the next person trying to get it. I said one time, I said, you guys asked the same question differently three times. It's the same answer, no, or whatever I said. So, you know, they they try and be smooth with yeah. it. I'll, I'll give them credit, but you're not going to get it by me. I, no. I, I'm not playing that shit. The, other, the other side of it is sometimes they'll be like, well, you know, if something big happened, mm -hmm. th this is what we talked about the other day, and, and Rendon, Anthony Rendon, it's a good place to put this, because we were like, hey, what's he going to get suspended for? It was yeah. five. It got reduced to four. Mm -hmm. He didn't want to comment and pr probably <laughs> was waiting to handle it after. Apparently, he so he apologized. He uh, talked to the fan. They both apologized. He said, hey, it's my bad, too. I heckle people at other sports games. I, like. so I love how that all eventually played out, the aftermath. But my thing was, if you're a player and you don't address that ever, say, mm -hmm. like, or a player gets suspended for roids, whatever, you got to talk and answer real questions. Sure. Otherwise, people are just going to always freaking dump on you and be like, and they're going to say their own version of a story. So exactly, and they're, they're going to have you people out there who's going to say what they want to say about yep. you. Um, I'm excited. I've never heard of this before. The fan actually getting a conversation. So right? he got out of it what he wanted. He got to talk to Anthony Rendon, a really oh, yeah. good baseball player. And he said it, he came out and he was honest. That's just what I do to players. I try and get under their skin. And apology accepted. There you go. Four games I thought was a little too much. But listen, 
it is what it is. We're going to move on with it, Eric. So what are you going to do? Yeah. No. I mean, you you said the other day, like, he put his hands on him. I get it. Whether you agree with the fact that the fans should have been that close or not, it's not, mm. you know, when you put your hands on somebody, nah, four games, I think I think he's lucky to get, get away with four games. So if I did that to you in a game and I grabbed your shirt and gave you a little, like, Hulk Hogan, like, what are you going to do? Or the Macho Man, brother, what are you going to, you know, that, what happens next? You mean if you and I are playing in a game and that happens? Yeah, like I, I stand up to you, the umpire. That like, glass oh, jaw is going to catch this. Come on, shoot. It'll be so quick. You, you, would have my, you would have my shirt. Like you can't, you can't come like this, like with elbows bent. Like if you're going to get my shirt, you got to get out far so that my reach. If yeah, you're, you're this right. close, you're this you're, close. You're a big dog. Oh my goodness! This right here, that last thing <laughs> right, we right got. There. Yeah. Oh shoot! You're too slow for me. Sleepy <laughs> night, night. What's next? All right, so let's. AJ's going to be with us in, in a few more minutes, so we'll wait on our locks. Um, and our locks, none of our games start till another hour from now, mm-hmm. so we'll get to those. Um, that's what he said. Let's run it back. Let's go. Let's, this is becoming one of my favorites. So some of these topics yes. already with, with Stephanie. So I want to start with the story in St. Louis. And we have manager Ali Marmol of the Cardinals and Tyler O'Neill, outfielder, who you don't want to mess with, okay? He is, he is top three most jacked dudes in the exactly. sport. He is a freaking tank. He's one of those guys, if you, like, leave him and he's doing push-ups and you come back an hour later, he's legit still Still going. doing push-ups. Yeah, like, he won't stop. Um, and good dude, good, nice Canadian guy. Anyway, so, so he's at second. He ends up getting thrown out at home on a ball hit to Acuna. Um, questionable if the third base coach even should be sending him on a ball like that's, that. That's number one. That's yep. number one. He did kind of pick it up to another gear when he's coming through third, and that's where the problem was, and Marmo called him out. So I feel like you're set up there, and you can always Google the play. Let's hear the postgame sound from both sides here. Marmo and Tyler O'Neill. will get to it. The guy's playing really hard. That's not our style of play as far as the the effort around in the bag there. Um, It's unacceptable. Yeah. Just going on contact. Um, You know, I thought I got a good jump off the bat and, um, you know, I tried to make a tight turn. Uh, You know, Ronald just got a cannon of an arm out there. He Mm -hmm. got me down, unfortunately. So, um, you know, got to be better next time. Got to try and get a better jump. Tyler, when we talked to Holly, he talked about that play. He called it an effort thing and said that it was unacceptable. Did you do have a conversation? Can you sort of share what that conversation was like between the two of you? Um, yeah, no, I think um, he was pretty blunt about it. He didn't think I gave the best effort. Um, um, you know, I'm out here every day grinding my grinding my ass off, um, you know, giving it my all and uh, trying to stay on the field for 160 games out here. So, um, you know, like I said, I just got to get a better jump next time and, and I guess, you know, just get around, get around the base a little quicker and, um, you know, be in there next time. So you, you, just, you dispute that, you disagree with it, it wasn't an effort thing? Um, yeah, I mean... I'm trying to trying to score that run, of course. You know, um, not out there to dog it at all. Um, you know, those are pretty pretty strong words from him. So that's um, good to know. 
Tyler, you mentioned that you felt like you got a good jump. Do you feel like the, the rounding of third was was what you were looking for, or was that maybe an area where it went wrong a little bit? Um, no, you know, I was just uh, trying to take a tight turn. Um, you know, I've been working a lot on different run form mechanics and stuff here in St. Louis, um, and that puts me in a better position for longevity. So, um, you know, maybe there's a little um, there's a little uh, too much thought process. In the in the play for me, rather than just to go get them, um, you know, as as I usually would. So, um, you know, just finding that happy medium and um, learning learning from the experience for sure. Listen, we just talked about reporters, right? So they asked the same question four times in a row, just with nitpicking round in third base, nitpicking on the jump. This is what he said. It all ended up being pretty much the same question. So now you can see the anger kind of on his face. He's mad at the coach for for saying that. For yeah. one. And then now he's going to be mad at a reporter. Like, listen, yo, dude, you, you get a relationship with a reporter, and I'll get back to the whole situation. And then you're going to keep toppling on top, and you don't forget that as a player. And then when they come over and they ask, yo, listen, let's talk about this. You're like, okay. And if I give you the long question, you're like, good. <laughs> yes. But you thought that was bad, though? I thought they were following up a little no, bit. No, I know they did. They followed up, but it, it was like nitpicking. I think he was pissed at Ollie. I think he was pissed at his skipper. It was like, yeah, he was like picking a scab. Yeah. But getting back to the play – Listen, this is, what, game six, game seven? Like, come on, man. If he's not hustling the first base, I get a pop-up. You're not hustling. You, when you make a turnaround third, you got to get your footing, for one, back underneath you. And for two, that, that was just two. I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think it was the right call by the manager. I thought, he was, I thought he was going hard. Same time, okay, he picked up speed a little bit. Like, that's, that's too much nitpick, man. Okay, you lost a couple games. If you're winning, he's not even saying a word about that right now. Let the guy play, Eric. I mean, come on. That's one of your hard-nosed players that goes hard all the time. Exactly. He wants to play 162. How many times has all those players not around in third base going hard, mate? Let the, let the kid live a little bit. I mean, I think it's no feel by Ollie right there. Just unless there is – and Stephanie kind of hit on a little bit. Is there something underlying that we didn't know about? Because just one time, hey, you know, put your arm around him. When he comes back in the dugout, yep. like, hey, did you give me, did you give me a hundred right there? Because I don't think based on based on his one incredible jawline and two, his huge biceps, this dude puts a lot of effort into the things that he does. You know, so are you know are are they feeling like he's distracted? The dude talked about like a good running, what did he call it? A good running run mechanics, right? Run mechanic to stay on the field. Like so is so is Ali annoyed by the fact that he's like working on something that may or may not have gotten him to his top speed? Like we have all this analytic stuff. What was his top speed on that play compared to any other top speed? And then like if you're like, hey, dude, you were two miles an hour slower. What's the deal with that? Listen, and and, and you don't suspend him the next day. He's not playing the next game. He got bench. Yeah, he, he got, the next one. Now, there's a rotation more. going in there with yeah, the outfield. But, but, but my say, thing would but, be I would purposely put him back in there to, to squash no, it. No, Eric, Eric, you, you hit the nail on the head, man. Take, hey, going by the side after the game or after that, hey, I'm going to need a little better effort than you on that one. I, I, felt, I felt you weren't giving it, all right? Slap him on the tush. Move on. Move on. I mean, listen, I know, I know my mom's trying to get that. Here's fresh stuff from us. Derek Gould, St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Awesome job always covering this team. He said, Ali Marmol, a moment ago about last night's comments. So this is fresh from today. And about Tyler O'Neill not being in the lineup today. Quote from Ali. 
there's going to be a style of play we are going to be known for, and we are going to keep guys to it. You stay on the field by playing hard. You stay on the field by doing well as well. You know, I, I get what he's saying. That's a great quote and all, but on, on that particular instant, I, I, I tend to disagree. So Robbie Cano in his prime, when he was good, and you can make the case about what was going on with the body, but talking about when he was good and putting up numbers, and he was sometimes playing at his speed mm-hmm. to keep himself on the field and play 160-plus every year, yeah. he would not have been on the Cardinals. They would have said, nope, we don't <laughs> want you, right? I mean, that's what it is. Uh, like, I was, I, was, hmm. I was into this story when it, when it was breaking late last night. Um, I, I, on the comments from the Cardinals people, ahead, yeah. like here's one, this guy, Connor Wehrman, just a, a, a Twitter comment. He said, I understand his dilemma as in O'Neill's. He was criticized last year and basically every year, except for 2021 for being unable to stay healthy. Then when he finally exercises caution, he gets even more trashed. He's like a heart to heart with Ali, where they work to find a middle ground is in play. Perfect. Perfectly said. And as a third base coach too, is all know your player. Or as a player, hey, I used to do this all the time with managers, um, whoever I had. Like, they always say, Dusty Beggar, hey, let me, you know, we know you're hurting a little bit. Where you at? I'm like, man, I'm at 70%. Well, just give me that 70%. Yeah. And that, that's the communication. So let's talk more communication. There needs to be communication. That's the bottom line. Your manager and your, your player needs to have more communication. And that's the simple fix right there. Nothing else. Okay, this- whether he, he dogged it, Eric, or not, where's the communication? Here's my follow-up question if I was in there with Tyler. My, I would want to know when he said, you know, he might have been overthinking it too much. There's two parts to that. Are you overthinking it in terms of he's trying to talk about the run form mechanics? Mm-hmm. Whatever. I respect. He's trying to stay on the field, and he cares about that because yeah. he's dealt with some injuries. I just want to know, are you overthinking it on that? Or were you overthinking it on, hey, I'm heading to third. I don't think I'm being sent here. Ball's, yeah. ball's going to Acuna. He's got a freaking accurate cannon. And so I'm like trying not to bust it and then put on the brakes real quick on third yeah. and have a hammy issue, which he's you, dealt with. You got to rely on your third base coach. That, yeah. That's the bottom line. You take the thinking out of it. If he sends you, you go. If not, you know, you hold up. But still, you got to go hard. I get it. But communication, right, Eric? Yeah, yeah. If you don't have that with your player, then there's something even bigger. There's an even bigger problem going on with the Cardinals. There's a reason Dusty Baker is always in the playoffs. He's always winning. That communication is high level, and it doesn't happen necessarily after this play. He's Rob Thompson was talking about it last year when we were in when we were in his office talking before games. He goes, "All the players are basically like piggy banks, and you put them in there. You put deposits in there, and you're putting deposits in there all the time, talking about them, talking to them." seeing how they're doing, not just like, hey, I need you to get a hit right here. And you're communicating that whole time. When a situation like this comes up, you go into that piggy bank and you take a withdrawal. But if you never put anything into that piggy bank of communication, you have nothing to take out. And to me, that's what this seems like. And we could be, I could be overstepping, but that communication, this should not, especially in St. Louis, like, so many things go under the radar in St. Louis, mm-hmm. media-wise. Mm-hmm. Like, it's super easy in the Midwest to just take care of stuff. You squash it, and it never – it doesn't even leave the dugout, let alone go into the clubhouse, let alone go into the media room. It's going to be a thing for a while now, potentially, because now you look at everyone differently, right? You look at the manager differently, and some fans were freaking out. Like, I would say the majority of, of – 
of what I was looking at from comments. And there were hundreds from a few of the different reporters that covered the team well, like Gould and, and Katie Wu does a great job. A lot of the fans actually were were pissed about Marble. They didn't they didn't love the job he did last year. I mean, you got a lot of old school fans too that wanted an old school manager. There's fans that are like, get Mattingly in there, all that. But you know, they're just pissed. They're like, just like what you're saying is, even if there is a problem, first week of the season already, you're roasting a guy. Keep I mean, it. you're not trading him yet. Finish it here. Keep it here. Yeah. Not on the outside note. That that was the biggest thing. Communicate after the play, after the game. Hey man, I'm gonna let you know. Between us, I'm I'm benching you what you did or Hey, pick it up a little bit. You know, I don't know where you're at, how you're feeling. Let's talk. Do I need to go talk to training staff? Communication needs to be finalized. And it's easy with the Cardinals because they have so many outfielders. Yeah. If he's if he's out for a day, no one – I mean, someone might ask, and you're like, yeah, I got the rest of the rotation going here Nobody, in the outfield Nobody's right going to ask. Nobody but even if they did, it's like, yeah, nobody. sorry, I got Walker, uh, Carlson, yeah, and nobody. Newbar in there today or something <laughs> like that. You know, no big deal. He's, he'll That's be it. back in the next day. No doubt. Other ways to handle this. The other side of it for me is though I do love the uh, the drama. It's good. It's fun to cover on the other side of it now. I do love the drama. You here's do. some here's some drama for you. Manny Machado. So let's get back to this. He's the first player ejected for a pitch clock violation. So this was in yesterday's game against uh, for the Pods against the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks ended up, up coming back and, and winning that game too. Ron Culpa booted him, and he said strike three because he wasn't in the box in time. And Machado said that. He called timeout. It looked like it was kind of right at the buzzer there that he was trying to get a timeout called. And he definitely, I mean, I can read lips. He definitely called him a D-bag. And then Bob Mel, and he gets tossed. And it's first A-B. You want him in the game. Padres, they got to win this division this year no with doubt. all those guys. And and Bob Melvin, his manager, comes running out. And he's like, what the hell, Ron? And, and he literally said it. He called me a D-bag. Yeah. So I tossed him. I mean, you guys know, are you allowed, if you said to an umpire after a strike three, you're a D-bag, he would run you. Most of them would be like, get the, f- are you yeah. allowed to say that to a guy or not? No, I don't know. I don't know. That's, what, what's the line? Listen, if you say, it depends on what umpire you have, honestly. Like, there's guys that you could go after and they'll come back at you. But I've never said, I've never said that word before. Um, I, I told an umpire, you, you got no, you got no, you got no balls. Like, I've told him, like, like, where are you at today, you know? Um, <laughs> and did you get tossed or I no? T- Oh, yeah. I did. You did get tossed. Yeah. So that's the, not as bad that as That was D-back. after the fact. I told him that he missed the pitches by like two feet, three in a row. I said, <laughs> you, said you freaking screwed me. I told Jordan Baker, the tallest umpire ever. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget this. This was in double A um, Carolina. I'm playing in Zebulon. And I'm arguing with the guy at first base. Told me, he's like, you can't talk to him like that. I'm like, who are you? Bobby? We go at it. He throws me. I go, for some reason, I don't know why this came out of black. I said, I got, I got bigger pieces of shit that are bigger than you or whatever. <laughs> I don't know why I said it. And then I look up and we both start laughing because we didn't know what to do next. We get the third the next day. And then we like, listen, he got to the big league. I got big league before him. We got there. And he was one of my favorite umpires ever. Like we were, we were real close on the field. But um, yeah, I mean, you, you ain't messing with Ron Culpa, bro. He's got a short fuse and he will toss you and say, and he, he is wise ass about it too. Yeah. And he'll, he'll look at you, huh? So, you know, one of those guys. I like Ron, but he's not afraid to um, let you know what he did and, you know, give you a little kick in the ass on the way out. Oh, okay. Yeah. You can't you can't say that to an umpire. That's I mean, you saw how fast it was. Man, he's always kind of had that smug look too, mm-hmm. like Yeah, but that like shouldn't a, get him penalized though. I'm Yeah, I'm just, but what you say with a smug look, it's like it's way different. You know, he's he, you know, first of all, I watched the video, and I don't know if my audio was off, but it sounded like from the dugout you heard him saying, hey, hey, Manny, 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 Manny. And, and he was like, 
time out. (laughs) It wasn't like he was like the college kid who was yelling, time, 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 time. It just looked like from the video they were yelling from the dugout, and he was like, he was adjusting his gloves. Like it was like it was a big look at me. I got my helmet on, all that stuff. And it was like, hey, give me time, Ron. Like, I'm a vet. Like Ron was like, beat it. You're gone, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> no, and they lost the game. You know, the Padres, the bullpen imploded. They uh they were they lost one of the best players. Yeah, that's that's a bad loss. Every game matters, you know. You better not lose the division by a game. Mm. The the only thing for me mm. was I brought this up earlier. And let's bring in AJ on this too. Nikki Lopez. I'm watching the game that I, of course, banned because I'm 4 0 in my bets right now. And I'm watching Royals Blue Jays. And it's bottom of the eighth. And Nikki Lopez doesn't like a strike call. And he noticed the clock dripping down. And he, he gets his timeout before it hit eight seconds. And he steps out. And he didn't get burned for a strike. And he probably didn't have the smug face on. He definitely didn't call anyone a D bag. So, <laughs> AJ, what's up? Good to see you, bud. What's Better up, late Ron? than never. How you doing? Uh, you can't control the weather, boys. I was supposed to land at like 10.30 and get in at one thirty. It's tight, tight turnaround to get here. But uh, Ron Culp ejected me from a perfect game once that you Darvish was pitching. So, mm-hmm. listen, uh, Ron Culp has got a short fuse. He's from St. Louis. So anything he can do to help out them Cardinals. Wait, did I say that out loud? I'm just kidding. Oh, hey. <laughs> yeah, I have a problem with that. I have a problem with that. It's one thing. I, that's why I'm asking you guys, like, what's the line to tell an umpire? But when your answer is, oh, well, it depends what umpire – See, that to me is bullshit. Like, we shouldn't be talking about the personalities of an umpire, and as we say on social all the time, ump show, to decide if a player is going to get run or not or how the game is going to be officiated. To me, that's not how the game should be. Umpires should be invisible. I agree. No, I'm just kidding about Ron Cole. But he actually was kind of nice after he threw me out of you Darvish's perfect game. He's like, well, you argued a ball and strike call. And I said, yeah, well, you missed it. And it was the next day. So he he was wrong. (laughs) I was right. But – uh. Yeah, you shouldn't have to talk about umpires. Like a catcher, right, For Kratzy? If a catcher has a good day, you never notice he's back there. And if an umpire has a good day, you never notice he's there and everyone just goes about their business. But you can't call an umpire a douchebag. I've tried and it usually gets you run. <laughs> <laughs> so that that was what happened with you and Darvish? You were It was when Darvish was on the mound and you were trying to get strikes? and Or was it when you were at the plate? No, I was, I was catching. Darvish was in – he had already gone the first start of the year, eight and two-thirds, perfect. Gave up the hit uh, right between his legs for the last out. And then we go back to Houston. And I think he was in the sixth or the seventh inning. Again, he had like 18 up, 18 down. And there was two two count. He throws a slider, borderline. Maybe could have framed a little better. But in a perfect game, you get late. Those are the calls you get. Then he walks the guy the next pitch. And I'm like, you know, gosh darn it, Ron, what the hell? And he's like, that's enough. You're gone. And then we brought in another catcher. And, it would, and then he gave, Darvish ended up giving a hit up one hit. But it would have been the first time in history that two separate catchers combined on a perfect game or no wow. hitter. Gosh, darn it. What the hell? That's what you said. Really? No, I said some better <laughs> worse words than that. I didn't call him. A, I did not call him a D bag though. I did not. All right, that's all that matters. I guess you're crazy. <laughs> but I did say some, I'm, uh, if there's a replay of it out there and it's rather comical. Hey, before, anyway. hey, before we get to slap hands real quick, I heard you guys talking about the Ollie Marmol O'Neill thing. Yes. Dude, he's got to keep that in house. I just wanted to say that he's got to keep Thank that. He, he doesn't need to go to the press. They're five games in. You don't got to go to the press and say Tyler O'Neill's not running hard. I watched they have a they have a, a high home with the all nine, and you yep. can see him. He doesn't get a terrible jump, and he no. he's going. I mean, listen, you can't you can't call your guys out five games into the year. It's just especially when you're expected to be a playoff team, and and O'Neill's a big part of that. You just you just can't. You got to keep it in house. So you guys are right. 
I don't take Tyler O'Neill as lazy either. I mean, obviously, I no, didn't play, but no, I mean, no, no. dude's yoked. He's, I, I feel like he's a guy that probably gets there early as hell, and he's already gotten you know a workout in. And I don't know. I don't remember seeing like Tyler O'Neill consistently dogging it. And now my thing's going to be though. I think he does have to sometimes pump the brakes so he stays on the field because yep. you don't want it's. It's the same thing. Bryce Harper did it. And in the beginning of his career, he's smashing into walls. And then they're like, Bryce, we got to keep you on the field, dude. You're too good. <laughs> you know, remember he, he crashed into that wall in L.A. Yeah, and he's got the freaky. blood going down. And it's freaky, like, yeah. take one step back. It's Trout. Hey, let's not steal 50. If, if we can keep you on the field, that's more important. Oh, Cano, is, go down the line. Go hard. That's it. This isn't Little League and high but school I'm ball. You got, you, got it. you got to take care of you guys. Yeah. Take care of your body, though. That's what right? I mean. Guys, make sure they're where they need to be. Yeah. All right. Hey, now did you guys? Did you guys? Wait, what? did you guys ask Buster Posey what it was like for me to have my number retired in San Francisco before his? No, no we didn't. I bet you would have pissed. You would have been pissed. He would have came after you if we did. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, I know. All right, let's do slap hands. Kratzy's got a game. We got to jump. We're over time here. All right, let's do it. I'm, I'm going to give you a military base of the day, Joint Base Anacostia Bowling, 905-acre military installation in southwest Washington, D.C. We salute you, appreciate you, and AJ disappeared just now. Um, there you go. We have, we, we have uh, are we ready for, for Frage, the situation here? Because Frazier's is going to take over slap hands. Uh, I'll give it one more sec. Kratz hats, you go. We got a Scranton Rail Riders, the night, the night hat, the Nighthawk hat. The whole uni is all black except for these like green, like whatever it is. And it's like the glow park. It's actually a pretty sick hat. It's a hat I wear decently awesome. I love the like matte black look with the green. Rail riders, lots of gear. I love that. The green's cool and unique. You just you don't see a lot of green in the sport. So, and I know Frage loves it. That's a little St. Patty's Day vibe. And, and green is the money. And green is the money. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Speaking of which, we we have a problem. <laughs> we got to run that every time you're on, man. We got problems every day. Listen, What's the problem? Get this on me real quick here. Give me that single <laughs> shot here. This is, this is unbelievable. Uh, out of the 13 AAA games yesterday, 13 AAA games, 11 out of them had more people come to the game than the Oakland A's had uh, for their attendance. I mean, that, that just can't happen. Come on now. We got to figure something out. MLB, let's go, dude. Oakland, I mean, they got some boys over there. I love them to death, but we got to figure something out. Are we moving them? I mean, well, what's going on? We need a new stadium. There's got to be something going on. Uh, four more than two. I mean, it's just, I'm done with it. That just can't happen. This is the big leagues. Let's figure it out, MLB. Come on. Come on. It was a great game, too. Big problem. They had a walk-off. Exactly. Walk-off. Barely anyone saw it in person. Tony Come Kemp. On. Come on. That's the thing. Are they, are they trying? I think what the the word there for the last couple of years is they're they're trying. They know that they're bouncing, yeah. so they're like trying to really dig in and be like, "See, no one's coming, no one cares. We're going to Vegas, so 
Put I a little more effort. Richard. Put a little something in there. Make make it fan friendly for however long they need it to be. Like, come on, this is the big leagues. Let's go, dude. Yeah, it's not okay. It's a shame. They were actually, I think, more in attendance at the T-ball and the and the little league for you yesterday. No, we had about three hundred people at Mike Son's first opening day T-ball. So we had the Rattlers of Pliable playing the Autoland, uh, uh, my team, Flying Tigers of <laughs> Autoland. My son got after it. He had a nice little rip up the middle. Um, we're going to try and run the video here. You see, you'll see me behind him here. There we he go. is. There's Grant. Get it, kid. Boom. Let's go, baby. Went all the way to the wall out there and left. There I am yelling at him. Make a turn. Make a turn. There you go. Big dog. He didn't look at it. Look. Rip a room. Oh, he's got quick hands already. He does. For real. He does. We're going to have to work on that body tilt. And what do you guys think? Good wheels. <laughs> AJ, what do you got on Grant there, bud? I mean, he's yeah, four. he's four now. He's four. I, I know. At least he didn't. At least he didn't one hand it like he used to do. At least you taught him to use two hands. <laughs> well, hey, we'll keep working with him. That's all. That's Play all you that can music. do. Run that music. Run us off, Kratzy. I know you got to jump. You got a game. This was awesome. Thanks to Stephanie Epstein from Sports Illustrated for clearing some of the petty stuff up in the game. Thank you to Ryan Yarborough for joining us. Great chat with him and, and the legend, Buster Posey. Thursday, FT Live running. And I'm, and we got Frazier Friday here. I'm, I'm living here all week. So looking forward to the next couple days with you. Good luck on your bets, gentlemen. AJ, Justin Pond, thanks for coming out of the bullpen, man. You did it. I made it, somehow. You made it, amazing. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.